We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here, not in studio, not at Blue Wire Studios at the Wind Resort in Las Vegas, because I am in Puerto Rico, still handling family stuff. But producer Cole Bebe is in studio, holding it down, joining us on the show, just like he did on a pro wrestling show. Look at this, (laughs) back-to-back, producer Cole Bebe. Sorry, I, I, I love the, the evil, the evil villain laugh. Yes, it is perfect. It's, it's um, truly my heel. It's my heel <laughs> run here, being in front of the camera. It really is. Uh, the, is the second Andreas comes back, I get thrown over a table again. <laughs> we'll make sure we do it uh, nicely this time. No, I'm lying. We're just gonna make you take like the Vince McMahon Stone Cold Stutter. <laughs> that just happened this past weekend and just have a horrible self. Just, just make sure I really um, just crumple over like a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm oh, on it. Just the worst. I'm ready. So everyone listening, Andreas, of course, is on daddy duty. So uh, he's being the best father he can to the newborn. So shout out to Dre. Baby Hale is doing great. Uh, full disclosure, that is a gigantic baby. <laughs> Shout out to Miss <laughs> Mrs. Hale. Uh, the wife is an incredible woman. This baby is big. Boy, uh, damn near Dre size already, because Dre's a tiny man. So, <laughs> uh, no, I love it. The fam is doing great. Everyone's there. He is enjoying that. Trust, he's watching all of these combat sports as well. So as soon as he comes back, he'll hit the ground running. It's going to be great. In the meantime... Me, producer Cole Bebe, holding it down for another episode. Today, we're talking UFC 273. Got a great pay-per-view card coming up there this weekend. And also, tons of boxing to talk about with Triple G versus Murata, Ryan Garcia versus Emmanuel Togo, and Michaela Mayer versus Jennifer Hahn. All happening on Sunday, or excuse me, on Saturday this week. So, a lot of boxing, a lot of UFC Combat Sports is back after taking a weekend off to let WrestleMania shine. So we're diving into all of that in terms of previews on this show. To start off, though, like I mentioned, Cole, I'm in Puerto Rico. Um, if listeners don't know, because I guess I didn't really make it like too public, but I usually say everything on the pod. My grandfather passed, passed away last week. Maybe it's two weekends ago now. So... 
came out here to Puerto Rico. They had like a viewing and stuff that I missed last week because I was working. But this week we're doing not necessarily funeral services, but, you know, I'm spreading his ashes around to a couple different places on the island that he loved to be at. So came here to be with my grandmother, my mom, my uncle, to make sure everything here gets set up. My grandma, who I've told a million stories about, my grandma and Dre's grandma are famous on the show because they're both were crazy old ladies. My grandma still is a crazy old lady. So uh, here helping her get the house in order, sell a bunch of stuff, pack everything up. And then she's moving with me to Vegas. So I'm going to have my crazy old lady around full time. So this is going to be fun. If you've never had a crazy Puerto Rican in your household and you want to borrow her, um, I will loan her out. She's wild, but she can cook and clean. Uh, and you you just have to have all boxing services. So you got to have a the zone subscription, E plus, all that because you can't watch a boxing. And yeah, then then that's a no go. But if you want the true real life experience of having a crazy Puerto Rican woman around, yeah, my grandma grandma will be here. She got nothing else to do now. So uh, no, it's gonna be great having her around full time. And Cole, you went. Listen, you've gone back to visit your family a couple times now recently, right? One was for a wedding. I wanted to ask you, because this is, this is my favorite part. Shout out to Antoine on boards. Brian back there as well, holding everything down. One thing, and I, I got like an eye-opening experience, probably from both of my wife, my ex-wife and my current wife. So I always like asking people this. Are your family as crazy as Puerto Rican families? And I will start by, like, my wife's family, her Mexican side of her family is cool. Like, they're, like, I'm used to being around Spanish people. So, like, I kind of get it, even though Mexican culture is a little different. But I've talked about it on it openly on this show before. I love, love, love gatherings when we get to be around, like, the white side of her family. I absolutely love it. Like, I'm, I'm a weird person. Like, I love other cultures, right? I love stuff I don't know. So we went to like the first time I went to Thanksgiving with them and they didn't have mac and cheese like on the menu. And I was like, yo, I'll bring mac and cheese. And they're like, what for Thanksgiving? And I was like, excuse me. Like they thought like mac and cheese was just craft mac and cheese. So uh, I have since changed their life, but then they had green bean casserole. And I was like, what is this? And then I was like, let me taste that. And I was like, I'm never eating this again. So, like, there's things that, like, just open your eyes when you're, like, into other cultures. Here, coming to Puerto Rico, it's, one, the way it happens when someone dies, because my, my grandfather's, like, the first person I've ever had die in my family, like, my real close family, right, to me. So, it's, like, a new experience. But, like, people will come to the crib for, like, a week straight and, like, just come here and, like, pray. I'm just like, what? And they'll just hold like prayer sessions just in the crib. And usually, and my grandfather didn't do this. My grandfather didn't do this because he's like of sane mind somewhat. But usually they keep the body in the crib. Like we, we sent him to the funeral home before it was time for cremation. Usually in Puerto Rico, they'll keep the body in the crib and people will just come and pray on the body for like a week. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. So they did that for a day. Like, he was here for, like, quick second. I wasn't here yet. I was covering a fight in New York. But he was here for, like, a day, and people, like, him prayed on him. And then the other six days, like, yo, y'all just gonna pray in front of this picture of him we got. Because uh, shit starts getting creepy. I've watched way too many zombie movies. I couldn't do that. So Puerto Ricans with all this 
a while. And I was like, hmm, let me ask Cole, do your family do any like weird ass things that maybe like no one else does? Because your family is also like in Texas. And I know like Texas people are a whole different breed of people. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think our family, our family's all over the place. You know, my, my, my mom and dad now live in, in Austin, Texas. Uh, shout out to, to, to mom and dad. Uh, look, I'm in a studio. I'm on a podcast. Um, so, <laughs> you know, so they're not from, they're not from Texas. They're, they're kind of from, you know, they're all over the place. My, my, my dad grew up, um, all over the Northeast. Um, and his dad, uh, worked and, and, and ran like NBC stations back in the day. So, you know, the, the broadcasting, the, the apple doth not fall far from the tree as far as, uh, yeah. as concerned You're for like me. third gen. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. You know, we're, we're working You're some. Like the rock of production. <laughs> we've got like the, the, we've got like the, the Samoan family genes being passed yeah. down just in broadcast television. Um, yes, I will acknowledge you, yeah, Cole. Exactly, you as head the, of the table, the tribal chief, tribal yeah. chief. Um, yeah, but you know, he he grew up there. My my mom and uh, and her family were mostly based in uh, in Strongsville, Ohio. Shout out Strongsville, Ohio, just outside of Cleveland. Um, so you know, there for for me, you know, I, I can't say like you know there there's all those kind of crazy you know kind of cultural differences kind of coming from each side of the family. But there's no doubt about it that, uh, like the sides of, of, of my own personality, uh, are definitely kind of split in between the two families. I, I would like, I, I like to put it this way, like Buick side of my family, which is my mom, um, a lot more cerebral, a little bit, you know, in, in problem solving situations can take care of them a little bit more, uh, Calmly, but like, but strongly as well, right? So, kind of, kind of, just able to take, you know, just take shit and handle it, and not too much make as big of a scene. The Henderson side of the family um, gets a little wild, gets a little crazy, um, can be quite uh, boisterous, and uh, occasionally those two sides of my personality. I, I have a scale of I'm either on the one to three. Or I immediately just skip all the middle numbers and go to the nine to, to or the ten part of the scale of 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 problem solving. So it's either I'm calmly handling something, or I just start losing my mind. Um, and I've accepted that that's just part of my family, and it's in the gene pool. So um, you know, we have the side of my 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 dad, and 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 the way it exube, it um, it shows itself with sports is that uh, if the Celtics are on, um, my dad will be constantly, it no one has to be in the room either. We'll just be yelling at the TV for two and a half hours straight. It will just be going at it. And you can imagine that found its way to me. So, um, you know, especially when I was younger, I was really bad. I'd like to think I got better, but, you know, who knows? Uh, I get mixed reviews anytime I'm, I'm watching a game and I still, you know, God forbid if the refs are horrible that day, um, I lose my shit. Um, it's quite a scene <laughs> to behold. Um, so, you know, I, I think, yeah, the, my, my, both sides of my family, it's really a personality difference, I think. And, um, it's, it is fun to see the two families interact and kind of see, you know, and you're kind of looking, you're kind of looking in a mirror anytime that happens, and there's always that moment of self-reflection where you're going, oh, so that 
That's where I'm getting that from. Okay. That's why I kind of act like that in certain situations over the other. And then sometimes it's like, wait, Oh, I, okay. There's a switch that flips and I go, I I flip flop in the middle of this. It's like those kinds of family dynamics uh, are just, they're fascinating. Um, See, that sounds so amazing. Sounds incredible because both sides of my family are batshit crazy. (laughs) So like you have a side that's like one through three, right? No, both sides of my family are batshit crazy. And it's just like, okay, this is how you get the human hot take machine, Kel Dance. Yes. Right? Because it's just like when you add batshit crazy and more batshit crazy, then yeah, okay, that is exactly me. There is no turned down version. Um, if I if I was a wrestler, I'd be MJF. I'm always living the gimmick. I can't confirm Kel is always in character, pretty much <laughs> this on is, the mic, off the mic. It is, it is Kel. Yeah, like I had to, again, being here in Puerto Rico and my grandfather didn't want like a traditional funeral, all this stuff, because I mean, the guy didn't go into churches and stuff like that anyway. So it was just like, all right, we like, we're going to spread his ashes in a couple places that are important. We have family coming through tomorrow for like to go down to the river where he fished like five minutes from where we are here in, uh, in Dorado, Puerto Rico, which is like 15, 20 minutes from San Juan. So he fished out a river here. We're going to have the family out there, spread his ashes, say some nice words, release some balloons, all that's tomorrow morning. Now, as well as this, my mother had a bright idea is to spread a couple other ashes out in places that meant a great deal to my grandfather. When I tell you, she, the other day she was like, yeah, we got to drive two and a half hours to a different side of the island, pretty much across the island, to where he grew up. Fine. We're going to spread his ashes on the beach over there because they used to fly kites on some beach. Cool. No problem. We'll sprinkle a little ashes over there. We get to that side, go to my aunt's crib real quick, beautiful house on that side of the island, um, say what's up to them. We dropped off some stuff at their crib. Now it's time to go to where my grandfather grew up and spread some ashes. When I tell you this is like the Compton of Puerto Rico, we went to El Barrio, like real deep. Like we got to the streets that are by this beach and driving down the block, there's like the projects and projects here in Puerto Rico have a very distinct look. So there's projects, which I guess we still got cousins in. There's like fifth generation project people in there. I was like, I'm not stopping and saying what's up. I'm good. But there's three chickens. These three chickens we're chasing a horse, uh-huh. not someone's horse. Yeah, a wild horse okay. was getting chased by three chickens. I was like, "Oh shit, is all backwards over here." I was like, "This, <laughs> this is a whole different type of Puerto Rico." No, no, no. A big ass horse getting chased by three chickens. I was like, "Those chickens, those chickens mean business." So there's some type of chicken mafia where he grew up. Oh, sure. That was the first thing. Yeah, I was like, "Yo, it's the first bad sign." Now, I hit the corner, because I'm driving. Ah, hit the corner. I was like, yo, Ma, this is a beach? Like, this, this beach looks pretty cool. She was like, nah, he lives like five minutes. He lived five minutes down that way. But I tell you, there's no beach. It's like on the side of what is the equivalent of a sewage treatment plant. Mm-hmm. And it's all rocks. <laughs> and there's a couple <laughs> piers that go out into the water where people go out and, like, fish 
and the deep ocean and come back in handmade boats. To this day, they go out there in handmade boats. I'm like, what the fuck? And we get out. So I find like a little place to park. And what would be categorized as sand is as black as my t-shirt. And it's just that, a little dock, and ocean. And I was like, are we in the right place? She was like, yeah, he grew up in that house over there. If I'm six foot, the roof of this house was seven. Oh, man. I was like, what? <laughs> My grandfather has nine brothers and sisters. It could have been bigger than 600 square feet. I've had hotel rooms bigger than this house. I was like, what the? And you just, I'm looking around. I was like, yeah, now nah, we got to spread this and be out. And I, we're walking out there, and I tell my mom, dead, dead serious face. I was like, yo, if I die, and you, I was like, you're still around. If I die, I'm telling all my kids this. I'll be damned if you bring me back to the hood and put my ashes in the hood. <laughs> like, no, I've grown past this. I'm good. Like, you don't got to spread my ashes on Gun Hill Road or Burke Avenue in New York. Don't bring me back to the block at all. I'm good. I've seen the block. I know everything that has to do with going on there. Don't bring me to no no cookouts. Don't bring me to Bronx Park East. None of that. No, I don't need to go to Fordham Road. Don't spread my ashes nowhere in the hood. If they are, I'm haunting everybody. <laughs> That's the cool what I did for my we did to my grandpa. I was like, make yo, sure he his whole come life. back as a ghost. That's it. Worked his whole <laughs> life. We're in a beautiful place in Puerto Rico. Great area. Retirement community, fancy. The Pauls live five minutes down the block. This is the area of Puerto Rico we are in. Beautiful. We took him to the hood. <laughs> I was like, yo, if you bring me back to the hood, it's that's it. Everybody's catching it. Everyone's getting haunted yeah. for eternity. Hey, Don't put none of my ashes in the hood. Hey, so I, yeah, my I, mom I, is my mom's wild. So yeah, well, I tell you, uh, you we we shout out the uh, the the chicken mafia of uh, of the town. <laughs> I mean, look. It doesn't need to be the hood for that. Like I tell you what, I was in Jersey city for four years and the geese <laughs> ran the town. There was a geese cool. mafia in Jersey city. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, like they would walk around on the sidewalks in the straight line. And if you, you can't, you can't go by them. You go by them, you <laughs> die. You run a risk. You're going to, you, cool. like, I'm that, telling you right now yelling at you. Jersey City is the hood. Let me just tell you. So you lived four years uh, in Brick it, City. It's, uh, uh, FYI. Well, 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 I it's, mean. It's not the best of places. It's, it, you you it's, lived in a hood for a while. It, it, it's definitely been, uh, like, it, it, it underwent a serious change, like, mid-2000s. Mid and now, like, it's just as expensive as freaking Hoboken or, like. Everywhere is expensive. That don't mean it's not the hood. I. Listen, I go back, visit my family in the hood in Harlem. Cool, shout out to Foster Projects, 113th and Lennox. I go there, 113th and Lennox. Projects. Yeah. Aunt Sissy's living that place forever. Central Park's on 111th. There are now very lovely white families who walk from 120th down Lennox, pushing their little stroller with their little jogging gear right past the projects mm -hmm. to get to Central Park. I'm like, yo. And I, I guarantee my aunt Sissy, I won't even put my aunt Sissy business out there, but my aunt <laughs> Sissy has paid $36 a month for her crib in the projects 
since 1984. They've never raised the rent. She pays $36 a month. Two bedroom in the projects. I am 100% positive those people with the stroller are paying $5,000 oh, to live yeah, two yeah. blocks God away. bless rent control. It's, it's still the hood. It's, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm kidding. Yes. Like, they pay $5,000 to walk past the hood every day and good luck to them. Yeah. It's just now the people in the hood are just used to gentrification. They're like, yeah, Yo, all right, cool. We just, and that's, we and just that's chilling together. definitely what's happened. Like uh, at least along like the, the water in Jersey city is all, all those apartment complexes started getting built up, but you start going towards journal yeah. square and it, it, gets a little it, dicey. it starts, it starts looking like what you think Jersey city looks like. <laughs> Yeah, but listen, at this point, they're just like, yo, listen, we're just going to live together. That's what's happened. People in the hood have become nicer. The hood hasn't become nicer. <laughs> like it's, that's, that's cool. You put lipstick on a pig. But the key point is, is that for a long time, the people in the hood never saw anyone else besides hood people. Now they're like, no, that's cool. Like, that looks like a normal ass family. Like, they're not going to mess with like the Brady Bunch family. They're like, no, come through. <laughs> Walk through our area. This is amazing. Yeah, so everyone's just learned how to, to coexist. It's an interesting dynamic. Oh, uh, but yeah, hood geese and hood chickens. Yeah. Now, now we know any type of, uh, you know, poultry or fowl. Yeah, it just, you I guess, runs yeah. every city. It just, yes, they, run, they, run, they run the cities. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously. Learn something new all the time. Yeah, I mean, and and and, and thoughts with, with, with you and your family, of course. Um, and I think oh, it was, thank you, I, thank I think you. it was, uh, if anything, it was, it was at least, a little bit of poetic justice for you to be in New York uh, when all is happening at a pay-per-view that was the Puerto Rican showcase in boxing. So, oh yeah, I think was, especially uh, with Xander Zayas fighting, circle. it was, it was, it definitely, if, if you're, you know, there's, no, there's not, not such a thing as like a right place, right time kind of thing with that, with that. But if you're going to get as close as you can to that, I suppose that's, that's one way to do it. So yes. Uh, thought, hands thought, down, thought family, hands down. Yeah, man. So uh, we're, it's again, it's it's weird, right? Like when family gets together, um, it's like weddings, childbirth, yeah, death, I guess. So it's cool. This is the longest I've ever been in the house with my mom, my uncle, same time, um, and my grandmother. We haven't killed each other yet. That's so good. that's that's great. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's good. It truly and, is a roll uh, of the dice with with any of this stuff. Yes, you, get old. I, you never I threw know. something at my mom once, and, and I ran. I threw it at her <laughs> and ran. I hit her right in the head. Okay, that's just par for the course is what we're saying is like that's oh, just, yeah, yeah. Right, again cool. cool this is like the equivalent <laughs> of I love crazy, you in Puerto crazy. Rican I got you yeah, like, <laughs> in, in, in Puerto Rican families that's like yo like you normally you see your mom be like oh a hug big kiss no I was like hey mom cool she's sitting on her bed <laughs> hit her right in the head she, she's like damn it. It, like she but she my mom got the bad hips already so I know she can't catch me even though she's like young, like the, the lupus has robbed her of her hips. She got one fake one and the other one's going too, man. So before she becomes a bionic woman and she can yeah. chase me again, I got to hit her as much as I can. You got to take advantage while you can. I see what you're, I see your game. That, that's all right. it. That's it. Yeah. It's all right. She went, when she was young and spry and I was growing up, she slapped me in the back of the head and run and then I couldn't catch her. Mm-hmm. So uh, it all comes full circle. The biggest thing, though, uh-huh. as I was alluding to before, I was like, yo, don't listen. When I go, don't put me in the hood. Yeah. Right? I'm good. Put me somewhere nice. Yeah. Take me to a tropical place. Uh-huh. No, I, I'm good. Anything like that. It reminded me of something I saw this week, Cole. This, this is a transition and a half, people. 
please, please just, just, just buckle your seatbelts right now. Here we go. Ashes are one thing, uh huh. right? Put ashes in the hood. I can forgive my mother as crazy as that wild ass idea was. All right. I saw where my grandfather grew up. Worth it. In DC, a rapper, Gunu, don't ask me to spell it, Gunu, that, that's how I'm pronouncing it as well, got shot and killed sometime last week. This weekend, they didn't bring ashes. They didn't bring a, a, a fathead, no type of life-size poster. They brought his body. What I can only believe is embalmed and stuffed to the club weekend at Bernie's style. Uh-huh. And he wasn't chilling in a booth. Even, I'm trying to give him caveats. Even if it's just you, the crew, and you got a booth with some bottles, sparklers, and he's chilling in the booth, that's you and your own creepiness. They put him on stage. Propped up like he was standing, stiff as a board, standing, rocking all his Migos style attire and played his music like he was performing a concert, like he was hologram Pac, but stuffed taxidermy dog style. But he was very real. He was not very real. No, like you could touch it. And people were partying to his music. As he's in the club, this video goes viral. Cole, let me speak. Antoine, feel me on this. My people got to do better. Cole, this is what what I got. We got to be better than this. Nobody with common sense says take someone to the club after they die. And prop them. This is a storyline. This is worse than pro wrestling. This is worse than when they took Big Show's dad out of the coffin and he had to jump on top of the coffin. <laughs> was that Big Boss Man? No, 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 it was Big Show. Yeah, Big Show had, had, had to, like he jumped on the coffin yeah. and got like as it was yeah. being pulled away. I don't know who took it? I think it might have been Big Boss Man. I think it was who Big Boss Man. I think you are correct. Yeah, in the feud. Yes, a Big Show came and he rolled off and like got hurt and he stole his dad in the casket. At least his dad was in the casket. This man is on stage stuffed Mm -hmm. looking at the crowd and as the camera pans his family's having a blast like this is the best shit like we did it everyone else in the club is looking like are these people serious like it was the creepiest shit I have ever seen and black folk we gotta do better and DC's a whole again like when you told me your parents lived in Texas I didn't know they weren't from Texas Granted, I knew, like, your dad was from New England because you're New England fandom, and I was like, ah, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was like, okay, I, I thought your mommy was from Texas, from Ohio. But Texas people are different than people everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So as I say, our people got to do better. I will make it clear. D.C. black folk is different than other black folk. Yeah! D.C., you got to do better. D.C., we got to do better. <laughs> I, I went to... <laughs> DC is a whole different place. We got to do better DC because you can't be propping up people in the club. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't, 
I have no idea how to react to it. I like, it's just absurd. It is, it is weekend. It was like someone took weekend at Bernie's and was like, Hey, that's a great idea. What if we did up on stage at the club? What? Are we doing? I mean, and this, I guess like, listen, this happens in the hood, Cole. Like every now the and family, then, like I'm all for the family being like, this is what we wanted, and like they're like excited about it, and whatnot. But like at some point, there's like a there's like a there's like a TMI factor here, right? And yes. especially due to the fact that, uh, and according to like the stories, is that no one had any fucking clue. That this was going to happen. Other than I would assume the every fans, other, I would assume the fans. Yes, every other club goer thought it was a normal night at the club. They didn't rent out said club and make it like a stage production. They did it on the normal they straight club up night. rolled out a dead body on stage. <laughs> and at like the club open casket is one thing, <sighs> and I've never been to an open casket funeral. But like, and, and like to me, like I mean, like I I certainly wouldn't want like that for for myself or like I don't really want to see that like with my family either unless it's something they're really passionate about because like like leaning in there and seeing it's uncomfortable and it's also like very weird it's like also like your memories of someone I feel like should be like when they were alive right so this is yeah this is I mean is this week weekend at Bernie's on world star is that like what we're going here like what the hell listen Cole this I'm telling you it happens sometimes and I can't I tell you sometimes in the hood this is this is what happens okay when there's and I and I've I've been I've been guilty of this not propping up a dead body but in other regards sometimes classic classic like I guess like white culture movies that are like really dope, right? Uh-huh. They don't hit the hood for like another twenty years. So like, so or like six years, seven so years. What you're saying so is like, weekend at Bernie's now I just hit, just hit. Oh, they just God. saw it, <laughs> and they were just like, "Yo, this is genius!" Like this, this just hit the hood, and they're like, "Yo, this movie's incredible." Damn. I remember when I was like, it was like two thousand, and I had seen it before. But I remember a lot of my friends in New York coming up and be like, yo, you know, this movie, this this movie, Wayne's World is crazy. <laughs> Wayne's World is so dope. And they got a TV show. And blah. I was like, yeah, they came out in 93. Yeah. It's like 2001. Yeah. Like, where where was everybody? But no, that that happens. Mm. That's, that's all I can say is that happened. So, yeah, you know, you never know when they see it. That being said, uh huh. If you had to be stuffed, okay, and and, and paraded somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> like if you didn't have a choice, if you had to uh-huh. do it, where would you choose? <laughs> like, where's your destination of choice? I don't club now. I'm 33. I'm grown. I'm able bodied. I got some money if I want to throw some money around. I don't club now. I damn sure ain't getting paraded in a club. No. When I'm gone. No. But if I had to be somewhere. Okay. My family not getting arrested aside. Uh huh. I mean, they might have to take me to Yankee Stadium. And we just got to chill and watch a game. Like, playoff game packed, dead meat. 
kill it and put What's put one matter with you. Put, and I need I need one of my hands open. I need one of my hands open so I can get the large soda cup with the chicken tenders at the top. Everyone who's been in Yankee Stadium, you know. The chicken tenders fries are at the top of the soda cup. Yeah. And they got like a little ball out. And then the straw just goes in the middle and you drink your soda and eat your chicken tenders and fries. I need that in my hand. <laughs> that in my hand. So what? And the you- other hand could be pointed or something. Like, like we just hit a home run. Just in case. <laughs> when it happened. <laughs> and don't, don't put so a glove just, on me. You just Don't put a glove on me. I'm an adult. Don't put no glove on me like I'm going to catch a fly ball like I I'm mean, 12. I mean, I'm just impressed that not only, like, obviously, like, I thought you were just going to go, like, give me the destination. But, like, you're posing. Like, you, you, oh, yeah. you've no, got, I mean, you got, like, we got to do on? it. We got to go all in, just like that. My goodness, Kel. We got to go all in. Kel all in, Kel, Kel dead body must pose. <laughs> um, yes. yes. God damn. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, like if we're going to get like really ridiculous with it, I guess like let's go. Is there not, wait, are you going to be serious yeah, about this? Okay, you got to be so really like, ridiculous. Let's go like, let's go like, let's go like, ni- like 1998, 99, like Undertaker's like thing in, in WWF was like hanging people up by the sigil, right? So like, let's do that and just smack it dead center on the green monster and just, and just like have a big ceremony like Undertaker style and just, and just, and just go and just be like raise to the rafters and there you go. That's all, that's all I got. That's all I got. It's like Cole Cole. Instead of Manny being Manny, yeah, <laughs> just like Cole's on a green monster. Yeah, exactly. And All everyone's right. just going to be, and, and and again, let's do it similar to this, right? No one's got any idea any of this is going on. So they're just going to be guessing the whole time. Oh, it's just a wax figure. No, no, it's not. No, that's Cole. No, <laughs> no, this shit just got in, in a Red Sox hat. <laughs> in a Red Sox, in a Red Sox hat. hat decked out yes. in, 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 in Jersey in full form. Yeah, like in full uniform. There you go. Um, you going pants? Like, like, are you going grays or white jersey? This matters. Um, see, depends. See, we got to get into it. Wait, hold on. Gotta, it depends. Are we doing this on a Friday? Is this a Friday game? Is this where we wear the reds? Uh, you ooh. know, like what what day? Is yeah, it? I don't that's, know. That's I don't know, Kel. This no is one ridiculous. wants you hanging for a day game. No, we gotta oh, be a we night go. game. We no one wants to see you during a day no, game. No, no, no. We can't do a day game. No, no, and, no, no, and your no, 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 no. Can't take that anyway. No, no. Even Paul Seamers. God damn yeah, it, like, Kel. We, God damn it. <laughs> Somewhere Andres is like rolling over going, what the hell has Kel done here? What in the world has he turned this <laughs> podcast into? He can't contain him. Andreas, Listen, I these are questions people him. must think about. But he, I've got this put is, on the spot. These are open conversations that you need to have. Because guess what? If this rapper in D.C. would have had this, they wouldn't put him in the club because they could have referred all, back to the podcast we, and be like, you know what? This is probably not the place for him. He wanted to be on Miami Beach for spring break, like chilling, and that's where we got to take him. Yes, but he probably wanted to be in Ash's form. Let's let's put it that way. I don't think we need to display the body for You don't got to stuff people. I don't, yeah. Uh, DC. DC, Hopefully this doesn't become a trend. DC, let's let's, let's look in the mirror. Got to be better. Got to be better. That is, that sure is, 
What a story. What a story. (laughs) And just uh, when you think you've heard it, just another case of just when you think you've heard it all. Someone, there's always someone, someone's always doing this. There's all, they're just, we're just topping it. We're just topping (laughs) it. Can we see what's next? We can't. Um, I don't know how someone tops this, but I I don't want to know right now. I'm good. I'm good for right now. I got to digest this information. So someone will. In the meantime, we have Combat Sports to talk about. So we got to hit a break. Um, shout out to the Mafia of Chickens. Shout out to uh, Stuffed Old Boy in the Club. Shout I will out. hit up his SoundCloud oh, and give him a few listens <laughs> for his memory. Uh, it's okay. R.I.P. Gunu. <laughs> you guys don't go anywhere. We're coming back and we're talking UFC 273 right after this. Everybody, we are back after that very odd and unique opening. <laughs> opening One to might the say. show. Yes, listen, man. When you're when you're in a position like this, best thing to do is laugh. And thankfully, someone this week decided to parade their loved one in the club and give us all the material that we needed to talk about on the beginning. Yeah, when of the you show. think you're crazy, someone's crazier than you out there. Always, always, Cole. So you embrace having a normal family. <laughs> And a normal dynamic. Because guess what? Your mom's side of the family just said, never put Cole in the club. No. <laughs> so you, you have a balance. And, and let me say, they, 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 are, they are crazy in their own way. I'm not saying they're completely exempt from crazy status, but it's just. But know, they ain't putting you in the club. They're not. No, 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 no. They're certainly not up for display. That's what, that's what matters. That is what. Matters. Uh, let's talk about UFC 273, though, because we're going to give predictions for the main card. As we go along, but some decent fights real quick for me to touch on on the undercard. Mickey Gall is fighting again versus Mike Malat. I mean, Mickey Gall. I didn't know where Mickey Gall went after beating CM Punk. CM Punk's back in AEW. I really, my my biggest hope for Mickey Gall, not that his, you know, fighting career is, is bad or anything, but I was really wishing that MJF brought him out during the Punk feud because that would have been the cherry on top as a troll of MJF is to just bring out Mickey Gall and have him as like his person. But Mickey Gall's on this Aspen Ladd versus Raquel Pennington, which is a good matchup. Um, Rosenstruck versus Marcin Tybora, which should be a good fight. That is going to end in a knockout. And then Ian Gary main eventing the prelims portion against Darian Weeks. Ian Gary is always fun. Only 24 years old. One of the best young prospects in the UFC. Last time, got a first-round knockout. Let's see what he can do here. This card, Cole, is like the diehard fans' card of choice. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to be fun from top to bottom. But we are here to talk about the main card and give predictions. So first fight, we have um, Pichelle versus Madsen. Mark Madsen's 11-0, 37 years old. This is one of those where it's like, oh, you're the oldest prospect in history. But his last time out, got a decision, went over Clay Guida, which we all know Clay Guida is always fun. So Madsen gets slid into the spot after uh, we had a change in the card late due to injury. So Mark Madsen steps up, and I think he makes it 12-0. Why not? Yeah, Give me Mark Madsen. 
to continue to roll. You get you get you get the over on Clay Guida, I think. Um, you know, uh, we, we see, we see him still doing his thing at his age. I, I think we just shout out to the old guys everywhere. Just uniting at 11 and oh, I mean, that's impressive at 37. So yeah, let's, let's at 37. Let's, let's, let's give it to Mark. Let's make it 12. Yeah. I mean, I love an old man run in the UFC, right? Few, few things are better. There's yeah. And then it's like, it's so, it's, it's amazing in UFC. And, and I feel like even in this short time, uh, you guys have been in studio, like we've already seen it so many times where it seems like someone's on the down, downward slope. And next thing you know, they win a fight and it turns into two fights, turns into three fights, turns into four fights. And all of a sudden they're back. It's just amazing how people can just kind of in UFC, just sometimes they just figure it out and they just get hot at the right time. Yeah, never a timetable for that. Next up, Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres. Oh, man, Mackenzie Dern has lost her toughest fights, right? She's 29 now. She's still one of the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners in the world, arguably ever. Um, but it's mixed martial arts, right? So Marina Rodriguez, which was a tough battle for her, they went to distance. Dern looked Good, but not enough to win, right? Like, she's not on that level of things right now. So now, you know, she has a win last year over Nina Nunez, and that's like, okay, she's better than that. But where is she exactly? Tisha Torres is a good measuring stick. Stick. Tisha Torres is still really good, right? Like, she's not a pushover. Just beat Angie Hill a year ago in a fight where that was like a rematch. She looked really good in that one. Uh, she's actually on three-fight winning streak. So you look at this and it's like, okay, Tisha's trying to creep back up into the title picture. Her two losses before then, Wei Li Zhang, we know went on to be a champion after that, and Marina Rodriguez, who recently beat Mackenzie Dern. So it's like, okay, y'all both lost to Rodriguez. You're a little bit below her, but if she's marching towards a title shot, she is. Let's see who's that next run. So this is going to be tough. I mean, I like Tisha Torres a lot. If it hits the ground, though, it's Mackenzie Dern's world, and and it's a world of her for Tisha. For someone who usually likes to wrestle and get stuff to the ground, she can't do that in this one. She has to stand on the feet. <sighs> Give me Tisha Torres by decision, but secretly I'm hoping Mackenzie Dern wraps her up in something crazy and we get like a submission of the night. Yeah, I think uh, th- this. It's interesting. I think that the next three fights that we're going to talk about are, are easily the ones that are getting the most conversation. But this one. Uh, the odd, the odds for for both of them are dead even. It's a pick 'em, um, and these are always fascinating matchups when it's always what are, what are the avenues to win, right? And they both clearly have two distinct ways that they're going to try to win this fight, and mm-hmm. you can kind of just flip a coin at that point. Um, I'll give I'll give it to Tisha if she's if she's coming in on a win streak here, and uh, let's let's see where it goes from there. And then. The third fight of the night, really the main event for a lot of people. Yes. Gilbert Burns, <laughs> number two in the world, versus Hamzat Chimaev. Shout out to the ESPN Satin Info pronunciation guy. Uh, Hamzat versus Gilbert Burns. I-, I think this is going to be an incredible matchup. Hamzat is going to get hit more than twice. So that's like the best stand in MMA right now. Four UFC fights. He's taken two total strikes, only one significant strike. The other one was like a little a rabbit punch as he had the guy grounded. So two total strikes in four fights is insane. Um, no one's ever, ever started off a career like that. 
So Gilbert Burns is good, just coming off a title opportunity himself not too long ago. He worked his way up through the division. He's trained for this fight with the champ, Kamaru Usman. They used to be training partners before they fought. So Usman's still obviously willing to help him out. Just beat Wonderboy Thompson not too long ago as well. Um, bouncing back from that loss, beat Tyron Willie, beat Damian Maya. The resume is there. Beat Gunny Nelson. <sighs> Give me Kamayev by decision. Really? I don't, I don't think I don't think Hamzat stops him. Hmm. I don't. I think Burns' wrestling defense is good enough. I think he can take a punch. Um, but I, I do think Hamzat controls him on the ground. And that's crazy because Gilbert Burns wrestling is really good. But I think Hamzat gets more top position. And we might see Hamzat get in a little trouble in this fight. But battle through and, and get a hard-fought decision. That's the biggest thing with, with any, I mean, granted, this is unprecedented. I mean, the guy's been in 10 fights and hit twice. That math is ridiculous. And I hope they lean into the math here. So it's just like, if he gets hit four times, it's just like, oh my God, a 200% increase in, in, in being hit. And just like really like Melcombe, all those stats. Um, I mean, this is as measuring stick of a fight as you're going to get. Jemaya, right? So I feel like there there is a certain pressure there for him to deliver, um, but I, I don't see I don't see how he he could be stopped. I mean, hit twice in ten fights. I don't care who you're fighting. That's ridiculous. But yeah, I think I think I think the sport the sport is going to be so well off with this guy just being urban legend status at this point of. You know, he continues to win these fights without getting hit and without getting touched. So um, I'm, I'm going to say Chimaev does win. And it, it, I think I think I'll go knockout just to just to just to spice it up a little bit. Wow. I don't think I do not think it'll go to the decision. That's amazing. I mean, again, Gilbert Burns is one of the most durable fighters in the UFC. Did get stopped by Kamaru Usman, but that took three rounds. If Chimaev, all he got is three rounds because it's, you know, it's the third fight right. of the main card. So if he stops him quicker than Usman did, now we're talking. Now we're, we have all the momentum we need to say he's the next contender. I'm, I'm going uh, on board, I'm full on board the hype train. Yeah, full on board the hype train is, yeah. is, uh, is the avenue I'm taking here. But wouldn't, you know, like, wouldn't be surprised if, Again, you you don't know how good a fighter really is going to be until they face adversity. And there's a very high probability yep. that adversity is faced here. So there truly is, uh, there is an unknown factor here that we, uh, like, who knows how it could play out. He could handle it poorly. But if he mows, if he mows him down, that's going to be great. That's, that's another just... That's that's another level uh, of stuff we're talking about. And and do you think immediately if if he gets... Does it matter how he wins this? You know, like does for for Jemaya, if he if he does win by decision, does that mean he doesn't get a title shot, or do you th- think still like he just gets the win no matter what? He's title bound. Uh, I don't I don't think he gets the next title shot anyway. Mm-hmm. To be honest, like I think we know Leon Edwards mm-hmm. is getting this shot with Usman, right? So I'm talking about like the shot after that. Yeah. Um, I would say. 
I honestly think Conor McGregor is going to force his way into that oh boy. that position. Like immediately upon returning, I, I think he's going to get the shot at Usman because it's a lot of money for Usman. And I think Usman looks at that as like, yo, that's easy money. This guy hasn't won in five years. Like that's a monster pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, give me that paycheck. So yeah. I think Conor McGregor gets that. And honestly, I, I think we end up seeing Chemaev versus Colby Covington. Oh, wow. After this? Yeah, I, I think that, that becomes a fight to make in the meantime, yeah. in the intermediate, while Conor chases the belt. And while, think, and while Colby, like, he can't, Colby. He, he can't do another title fight. Like, he's already, he's already had his couple yeah, of shots yeah. right now. So Yeah, it's at three. So it's like, you can... But if you think you're that man, then stop this guy. becomes becomes interesting though if that becomes a fight and Covington wins that one, then he then he might get another yeah, shot right there. Then, then you're getting a shot right there immediately after that. Cause and honestly, he has some of the best cardio, and one he's one of the best wrestlers in the UFC. So this other guy is just gonna try to wrestle you. Let's see if your wrestling is as good as you think it is. Mm-hmm. So I. I, I like that, and I think that's the way we're going to go. If he mows him down, maybe we're talking something different. Like, if, if he gets to Gilbert Burns with taking one, two strikes max mm. and stops him in two minutes, yeah. yeah. Now now we're talking, hey, Connor, go do something else. Yeah, this is the, so performance, so overall performance will definitely impact what, what happens here next. And, and if it's in convincing yeah, fashion. it has to be a runaway performance yeah. to earn the title shot. Um, if it's an, a good performance and a win, I think he he has a date with Colby Covington. Mm-hmm. Him versus Chaos in the future. Yeah. Um, co-main event, Aljamain Sterling versus Petre Jan. Sterling's coming in as champion because Petre Jan was beating him down. Hit him with an illegal knee. Sterling could not continue. Jan then went on um, to lose his belt. Give it up to Sterling. Sterling's been hurt and getting rehab and getting surgery since. So Jan has then went, collected an interim title. Now he's back to crown one champion in the bantamweight division. Also says he's feeling healthy, healthier than a long time before. Feels like he can make the adjustments to really get Jan into trouble. Take him down, make this a wrestling match. I don't see it. I think Petre Jan does much of what he did in the first fight, if not sooner. Give me Jan by... Yeah, by knockout. There is a lot of ground to make up for Aljamain Sterling here, right? Like, I mean, it it wasn't like it was necessarily that close when that fight got stopped, right? No. You know, like, so, I mean, I understand like time passes and you get to look at the film and you get to try to make adjustments here. And I'm I'm sure he has, but I mean, this is, there's that, Jan's already really good. And then you add this extra motivation of this thing was robbed from me. Uh, this is ridiculous. I'm just going to beat the shit out of this dude. Um, so, and he's a massive, massive favorite. So it, it's hard for me to see any way that Sterling comes out of this match with, with the belt. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I think Jan knocks him out because he's just there, there, there's, there's been a, a swell of anticipation, I think, for him, and he's as motivated as ever to get what he thinks is already his back. Yeah. No, I... I like Al John, man. I do. Yeah. I try to root for him. 
it's just you know some people some people got your number there there's there, like the, 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 the term levels to this seems to seem yes. to apply uh but you know yep. we've seen crazier shit happen so you know we maybe have. maybe and his submission skills his submission skills have him in every fight yep because the biggest thing you can't do against him is make a mistake so it's very possible Jan tries to take his head off mistakenly slips Aljo gets his back now they're tussling on the floor with three minutes to go in the second round and Aljo got a lot of time to work yeah so you know this his style just leans towards if you make a mistake we, we saw that um on his route there like he just randomly just backpacks him wrapped yeah. their ass up standing up just choked him out he's gone like so you you never know what you're gonna get from Aljo you can't make a mistake yeah Jan did a great job not making any mistakes first fight I expect that to happen again, but always a chance against Sterling. Then main event, Volk, Alexander Volkanovsky versus the Korean Zombie. Man, good job by the Korean Zombie stepping up. This is supposed to be um, another fight between Volk and Holloway. Holloway just had to get some stuff cleaned up, have surgery. Holloway is ran through everyone else in the division, and I thought he beat Volkanovsky the last time he fought. So I was really geeked and excited for that one. But Holloway has to be healthy. The Korean zombie was ready. He stepped up. And that's great of him. But I, I think he gets run through in this one. Volkanovsky by destruction. I don't know. I mean, second round knockout. I mean, I think it just, if anything, the UFC can definitely reach all, all the fans that they that they want when they, you know, throw up on a pay-per-view card. It's the Korean zombie. Um, I mean, uh, no one else is going by a nickname moniker like that in UFC. So any chance they got no. to like throw that on the main card and be like, look at this. I'm sure they were like, this is we're selling, we're selling shirts. We're getting WWE <laughs> in here. Um, I mean, folks record speaks for itself. This is, uh, uh, this is the main event and also the biggest spread, uh, but, but between uh, but on all the fights, um, I don't see that how there's any way that Volk loses this fight, but just like you said, yeah, I mean, cre- credit to Korean zombie stepping up in a spot where it was supposed to be somebody else. Um, and um, we'll see if there's a, a Holloway Volk uh, matchup later in the future, but until then uh, 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 a relatively easy title defense here, Volkanovsky. Yeah. And I, I think it's a, a placeholder. We'll see. We'll see how fast they can turn it around. If it's really a dominant fight, could we see him versus Max in Vegas in July? Like, for that fight week card, that'd be pretty cool. Um, Do we finally get what we all want? And that's a UFC Hawaii card. Mm. Like, could we do that in August? Him versus Max? Max finally get a home fight? Like, I, I feel like if we can have fights in Abu Dhabi, we can figure out the time difference in Hawaii. Yeah. Figure out, like, a September, a October fight. as it gets a little cooler out there and you get the little, you know. Listen, I want middle of the summer. I want, Ooh, okay. Sign me up for covering that fight. Oh, 100%. Sign me. Yeah. I'm, I'm being, Kel's looking I'm to book there. tickets here, people. Come on. Let's go. You will see. Hawaii on Kel ESPN Money. Let's go. <laughs> Tuning in from, like, we'll find a way to do this. From the sand. From the beach. <laughs> yeah. Live, yes, I don't live know how. from the beach. We'll never, 
whatever uh, hot spot. Cor- It'll be the bash at the beach. Yeah, episode. yeah cor- cor- corner, uh, yeah. corner bash at the beach. Yes, we'll, we'll make that happen. So I don't know, plenty of options depending on how quick that goes. But again, I expect fireworks on this card this weekend should be really fun. Everyone, if, you know, not, it's a Saturday night, what else are you going to do, right? You listen to Combat Sports Podcast, you'll be watching Combat Sports. Make sure you have this either on iPod or iPod, an iPad, TV, laptop, something. Because um, you don't want to miss these fights. They're going to be really fun. Going to need a and lot of screens this weekend. There's a lot of repercussions. Going to need a lot of screens this weekend if you're a combat sports fan. If you had a three TV setup, yeah, it's good. If I was already in my new house, which I'm not yet, but should be in the next couple of weeks, I would have my five TV setup, and it'd be perfect. And people could not be like, why do you have five TVs? This is why I have five TVs <laughs> in my living room. But are they, but, but, like but they're all blasting audio, which doesn't doesn't make any sense. Can't be doing. That. No, they're muted. Oh, they are cool. muted. Okay. There's a system. Yes. Okay. okay. The small ones are all muted. Only the large okay. eighty inch in the middle. All right. All right. We'll, we'll have right. the That's the right. audio. So yes, yes. And um, you got to choose wisely what gets top billing. When yes. I had the three TV set up, usually it was UFC. So UFC would probably get the audio and boxing. And I'd have some type of pro wrestling on the bottom, catching up on it. I'd be playing my video game on the bottom one while everything was going. And Andreas called me a lunatic because I could split my attention always. And he hated it. He'd be like, you don't watch AEW because you don't have the volume on and you don't know what's happening. You've seen the entire thing. It's like, no, that's not really watching it. Whatever. Yeah, I, I can't I can't comment too far away because I do have my my two monitor PC set up and the left monitor is just there. It's it's just there for all the streams. So there's usually one or two streams going all at the same time. That's it. Figuring just out periphery. It's, whether it's basketball, whether it's like a, on a, on the Saturday, it's probably it's going to be boxing and UFC. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's it, it's but there's always multiple things happening there while Elden Ring's probably happening on the main screen. So, you know. Uh, <laughs> Still haven't beat Elden Ring, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I'll say. No. <laughs> I saw someone on my Twitter the other day, they were like, I beat Elden Ring. I was like, screenshot yeah, or you're lying. Do you ever truly beat Elden Ring or does Elden Ring beat you? My column. Yeah, yeah, that guy is the most miserable guy in gaming. <laughs> if he beat Elden Ring already. I don't know, I'm seeing people, like, people got all the trophies in the game, and that's where I'm like, oh, okay, all right, that's next level. Mm-mm. I'm not there, yeah, but that's like, okay. Got, I will beat it. Got a lot of time. I, I will get there, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Slow and steady wins the race. All right, let's hit our last break, come back, talk about a couple boxing matches that are happening this weekend before that's we get out ones. of here. Yes, I'll be at one in L.A., don't go anywhere. Right back after this. All right, everybody, we are wrapping this up talking about boxing. I don't have to go too in depth into these cards, but three really good fights going down this weekend, all on Saturday. And it starts off from Japan, Triple G versus Murata for two of their belts, 60 pounds. I love unification fights. This is one of the hardest to unify because Murata fights almost exclusively in Asia. Triple G is like, cool, I'll take the trip. Let's go. I want this title. And then him having, we already know if he wins, cool. He has a showdown with, 
Canelo for all the 168 pound titles in September. If he doesn't win, then 40 old Triple G might be at the end of the rope, right? So it's a lot on the line going down here. But regardless of what happens against Canelo, if he comes up short again for any reason, September, whatever, that's for Canelo's but his. He still comes back down. He has two titles at 160 pounds. You have guys like Charlo, Jamal Charlo there waiting opportunity. Um, you, you have just a division. Andrade, there's just a stacked with people there waiting for a chance to unify, um, to become undisputed. 160 seems like the division furthest away from undisputed champion. So now we actually get steps towards that, steps towards people actually fighting each other. So I don't know. Triple G is like 40 years old in four months. Usually 40 plus isn't great, but he doesn't have a tolerance the past couple of years. Um, his style isn't predicated on speed. It's power, ability to absorb punches because his chin is next level. And now even more punish he can do that. So give me Triple G to win this and become a champ champ at 160 pounds. Cap- Captain Ahab is searching for the white whale and he's one <laughs> step away from getting a showdown. I mean, so I guess, close. I guess so close. you know, and like, this was like, you know, Tri- triple G has been the most active in, in chasing this. Canelo has, has, has seemed like a oh, look, dude, I took care of you. Like, yeah, you know, the, the first fight and the second fight were good. We had to, we decided it it's over. Um, do you think, do you think, cause I think that the, this conversation of this fight, ultimately it's, it's the appetizer. It's the precursor, right? I think yeah. they're setting up this fight to give triple G the chance to win and, and fight Canelo. Does triple G have any shot being 40 years old beating Canelo Alvarez? Yes. yes. Um, again, this is not an easy fight by any means against Murata, right? No. Like, if he can beat Murata this weekend, shows me a lot of what he has left at 40 years old. So that'll go a long way. But this up to boost his profile again, to give him another belt, which people can say what they want. They don't care about belts or not. Canelo cares about belts. Mm-hmm. So if someone's going to challenge me for my four belts, they better at least got have two of their own in their own division right you have to seem worthy of fighting him which is what at this point is and again canelo still has in may it's not a foregone conclusion moving up to 175 yeah that's that's not easy no but with triple g tech if you can look good here and prove that you are still one of the best in the world at 160 yeah, I can I can give you a shot. Mm-hmm. Like I can give you a legit chance to win because at the end of the day, Canelo moving up and down in weight. We we've seen this with Roy Jones, right? When you go up a couple weight classes and then try to cut weight again, even though it's just one seventy five to one sixty eight, he's not it's not a catch weight. He's not coming down one sixty, one seventy five, one sixty eight. But when you go up and try to come back down. It's harder on your body. Yeah. And sometimes, a lot of times, it's harder on your chin and how you absorb punches. Mm-hmm. And that's what Roy couldn't do anymore. He couldn't absorb the damage back down. So, yeah, there's there's a possibility that the shots that Canelo took the 
first two Triple Gs, when he wasn't cutting weight and he was up and his body was used to that weight, now cutting back down to 168, it's a, it's a possibility where it drains him and his chin isn't the same and he can't take those Triple G punches. Yeah. And he gets dropped. I mean, yeah, if it would be... It would be crazy if somehow Canelo kind of fell fell ill to the to the Roy Jones. Uh, that, the, the that's Roy, always the, Roy, the biggest Roy thing, Jones right? Strategy because we've seen it happen with Roy, and it yeah. wasn't just like Roy Jones like stumbled; he completely fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. He'd never take a punch point. again. He couldn't. Um, yeah. and it was I mean, over. Canelo is such an immovable force; it's hard to see him see any future where that happens. But we know the risk. The risk is there, um, and and shout out to to Triple G willing to. I mean, I, I feel like this this fight is, you know, is happening in enemy territory for him because he yeah. knew like this was the only way he was going to convince anyone. Like, hey, look, okay, look what I'm willing to do in order to get this fight. Like, I need this yep. to happen. I need to make this happen. Um, and do you think? Do you think if if Triple G does fight Canelo, win or lose, do you think that's his final fight? It's hard to get another paycheck like that. Yeah. Right? So that that's tough. But no, because that would mean he has two of these belts. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get the Canelo paycheck as long as he doesn't get knocked out and, like, starched. Um, no, because you can come down and, honestly, maybe the zone cuts ties with him mm. after that. Like, yo, we got our money's worth out of you. We can't justify paying you, you know, anymore. Um, but then that opens up, like, telling me he can't go to PBC and fight Jamal Charlo hmm. on pay-per-view for a pretty good amount of money and three titles. Like, that sells, in my opinion. Um, he can stay at 168. He can't fight David Benavidez. Right? He can't fight Andrade. Like... There's there there's a lot of people that he can fight mm-hmm. still because he has those two belts at 160. The same the same lottery ticket that earned him the Canelo fight at 168 is the same lottery ticket he still holds. Yeah. to have pay per views with other people. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, yeah. I so think- like as long as you have those two belts, you're still you're still holding the lottery ticket. The key is is that a loss to Canelo doesn't lose the lottery ticket. Like, you still have two belts. You have a lot of people who still want those two belts. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, you can you can pull something off. The question is now, though, to get those big fights and get money that you consider in your bracket, you can't take any more soft fights. Right. So they're going to feed you to young contenders or established people. Like, you're now in the gauntlet. You're, you're 40 years old, and you're only going to have tough fights until you bounce. Yeah. Somebody's gonna catch. It's yeah. and you, you might damn near have two or three where you might have lost, 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 and be like, "Oh, I'm really out of here." We we seen it. Look at how De La Hoya went out at the end. De La Hoya had two belts. Fought Floyd at one fifty four. Floyd took that. He still at one forty seven. What he go and do? Fought Manny because he still had that lottery ticket with a belt at one forty seven. Got the brakes, you know, brakes beat off him there. When you have titles and you have these titles and you fight in different divisions, you're only going to fight tough fighter, tough fighter, tough fighter. And you could end up getting Molly Wap three times in a row and be like, damn, well, I'm ending it, I guess. Yeah. yeah <laughs> out on my back. Like, it's tough. Bernard got knocked out of the ring. 
you know, in his last fight and because he had the belts. And it, it was just, when you have the belts and your skills decline, there's, there's, no, there's no soft cushion for you. Right. There's no easy way out. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're holding the belts. You're going to be, you're, you're, you're set up for someone to grab them, right? Like you, you are, it. you are desirable. You got to put someone over. Yeah. It's, it's pro wrestling. D- yeah. It's, if it's, you were the champion, you got to put somebody over on yeah. your way out. It's definitely a different case of, you know, uh, like, uh, like a Deontay Wilder has an out, right? Because he isn't holding any of the belts and he was trying to chase the white whale that was Tyson Fury. And yep. if he chose... Well, shit, I can't, I, you know, I couldn't beat this guy or, you know, whatnot. I, I can call it quits right here, but do you want the, do you want the next paycheck? And like for, for Deontay, there's, there's plenty of other heavyweights for him to fight. That would draw huge money. Um, exactly. And so triple G with belts, triple G with belts. That's gonna, that's gonna sell, sell pay-per-views. So I, uh, I, yeah, I think he, I think he handles business and, and we're, we're, we're set up for, for the fight he's 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 wanted for a long time. Yep. And then uh the other fight, we've been waiting for this fighter to see him back in the ring for a long time, Ryan Garcia. He gets uh Emmanuel to go and people are like, oh my God, why isn't he fighting anyone? He should fight Javante. This the kid came back from a mental health struggle, came back from a broken hand, hasn't fought in a year and three months, and Emmanuel to go is not a pushover. We, we've learned this, and this is one thing I'm going to stop doing, is I'm not doubting anyone who comes from that gym in Florida. Cambosis, tra- same gym as Xander trains at. There are gems in that gym. They're dogs. They're people who know they are underdogs and they want to go out there and prove themselves. Same thing we thought about Cambosis versus Teofimo. Next thing you know, you look up Teofimo's beltless. And Cambosis just sold out 60,000 people in Australia. So to go, he's looking at this as his George Cambosis moment. And he believes he can do it because he is at the same gym as George Cambosis. Mm-hmm. Just seeing this exact same thing happen. Ryan Garcia is his ticket. He's coming in there to win, not roll over. So this is this is gonna be tough. I mean, Ryan Garcia to get the knockout, to go's not bad. He could just come in here and shock everyone, catch Ryan slipping, new trainer, tons of injuries. A ton of time out of the ring. It could be a bad, bad mixture for Ryan Garcia that night. It could look ugly. It could be a boring 12-round decision where they gift him and people are like, oh, my God, it's over. I think the st- kids still got it, so give me the, the knockout. But, man, it, it could be a trap fight. I mean, we, we just saw Isaac Cruz step in late notice Tank, push Tank to the limit. A lot of these guys, these, these four kings of boxing, all these guys, we've seen them trip up get close to losing or lose. That's what happens when you're a champion at 21, 20, 20. It, you gotta, you're going to go through your learning struggles. Yeah. And and these guys are doing it at the highest level. So um, we'll see what, what Ryan has, but I expect him to have some rust. Give me a late knockout, like eighth round, but it, it's going to be tough early. The, the mystique is still there for Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia... If anyone's rooting for a Ryan Garcia knockout, I know I know it's the guy on the other side of this call, Kel Dansby, because that means great stuff for the social pages. Because let me tell you, those like yes. the, like that 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 right hand is trying to blow up on TikTok. That right hand is crazy. I mean, and, <laughs> yeah. and and it's electric, and he's still yep. you know he he has one of the most influential punches in in boxing right now. So. 
But I agree with you. I think this is this is as as tricky a spot as it as it as it can be for Ryan because there's there are there is a lot of unknown factor here. It's been it's been quite a while for to for him to come back and and meanwhile the other kings have been doing their thing, you know, and um, you know, and and now we have Cambosis and 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 Haney in Australia coming up and Teofimo still hanging yeah. around, um. Yeah, I think yeah, this this could go all horribly wrong. There is a there is a scenario here where he's just not sharp. He's got a different trainer. There's all kinds of different elements that are happening here. So I, I want to say his his natural skill and, and ability and that right hand is good enough for him to get a win. But what do you think? Like if Garcia loses this fight. What 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 happens to Ryan Garcia? What's that pathway look like for him to go back to that stature where he was? I don't see him losing. Yeah. Right? Like, he may not win in impressive fashion. Mm. To lose, I think he has to get knocked. I don't think Togo's going to knock him out. Okay. Much like George Cambosis, he knocked Teofimo down. Teofimo then just could never catch up on the cards. What? Almost stopped George Cambosis in the test. People were forgetting about this. He had Cambosis hurt. He dropped him. He ran out of time in the 10th round. Yeah. Cambosis regrouped, and Teofimo had no lungs <laughs> left to go for the 11th and 12th. And still then, I thought it was a draw. When I, I was there for the fight, I thought it was a draw. But cool. Teofimo lost, but he fought with a hole in his esophagus, couldn't get any air, had a horrible weight cut because of it during the week, and then still went toe-to-toe with Cambosis, who's a really good fighter. Um, I I think Ryan Garcia, if he does lose, there's a lot of built-in excuses. New trainer, all injuries. He can bounce back. I I think he loses a lot of luster. Maybe. No, I take that back. He doesn't. Because right now, in the mainstream, people hate him. Um, They want to see him lose. There's no reason to hate the kid, by the way. But there's like a jealousy aspect there. Where people be like, ha, see, I told you. But they'll tune in next time because that that dislike is still there. And that's something where Oscar had it. People hated on Oscar. Like, because he was too pretty. He was a pretty boy. Oh, he's Mexican-American. He's not really Mexican. Like, all this stuff. Oh, look, he fought for the USA in the Olympics. What a traitor. You didn't fight for Mexico. Like, a lot of people hated on Oscar De La Hoya. People hated on Floyd Mayweather. He made a lot of money off of it. People tuning in to watch him lose. I think Ryan, even if he loses, carries that mystique on. He's too big of a star now. Adrian Broner still sells in the world of boxing. Ryan Garcia's 10 times that guy. So I I think Ryan Garcia can handle a loss. I don't think this is where the loss comes. But boxing, and I say this all the time, people are like, oh, these are new four kings. These are the four princes of boxing. That's cool. The other four kings lost. They lost to each other, and they lost outside of that. Roberto Duran lost a lot. Still ended up being one of the greatest lightweights ever. Ray Leonard beat them all. Today is the anniversary of Leonard versus Hagler. Yep. Hagler felt robbed in that fight and said, I'm not fighting anyone unless it's Ray Leonard. Ray Leonard said, I'm never giving you the rematch, causing Hagler's retirement. Hagler didn't retire because he was worn out or off his game or punch drunk. No, he retired because he said, I got robbed against Sugar Ray Leonard fighting again until I fight him. 
Leonard said, I'm never fighting you again. And they were at an impasse and Hagler stood there and said, I'm sticking to my word and never fought again. But those are losses. Like, it's cool. They all lost. Yeah. It's fine. And then losses don't hurt in boxing like people think it hurts. It's what do you do for me tomorrow? That's what matters in boxing. You could lose three in a row, come back and rail off 20. Fine. Pacquiao lost tons, even on his ascent. He lost. Let's run it back. Oh, then I'm going to knock you out when we run this back. Oh, and then that loss doesn't matter anymore. Yep. Now I'm on to bigger and better. That's boxing. All press is good so press. So a, a loss will kill him. Yeah. Loss, all, all press loss is good him. press whenever you're a combat sports athlete, right? It's just. Exactly. Yeah, at it'll, the end of the day. get him more hater. Exactly. Yeah. And if you, yeah, if you are, if you are loved, that's great. If you are hated, that's great. If you are pol- polarized, you hit the nail on the head and that's money wherever you go. I will tell you this, 140th division in the world. If Teofimo comes back and collects those belts in a year, year and a half, at 140, becomes undisputed at 140, like he was at 135, you think people are going to care he lost to George Cambosis? Yeah, correct. With with, like, all the, with all the things that have come out since. Come out. Yeah. The, the, no, he's still undisputed in one division, undisputed in the next, probably going up to 147, and people are dreaming of different matchups. Pacquiao lost at 126, and then he lost again at 135. Still people want to see him fight Mayweather when he went on his run. He started beating everyone at 147. Because what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me tomorrow? What can I fantasy book? So he'll, he'll be fine. Um, I think he's ingrained, win or lose, but I think he's going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last fight, Michaela Mayer versus Jennifer Hahn, which the biggest thing is, is like, cool. It's a homecoming fight, showcase fight. It's her mandatory. Nothing too crazy there. Michaela Mayer is going to win this fight. Spoiler alert. Very exciting style. Her being one of the top rank. The, the push that she has, she's going to find herself at a very tough crossroads. Now, you look at it and wins. I'm just chalking it up. She has to be a cheerleader and really root for Amanda Serrano. Hmm. Because at 130, the other two champions are signed to the zone, and there's no guarantee that Eddie Hearn's going to play ball, and she's a Unified champ. She has two belts at 130. There's no guarantee that Eddie Hearn's going to let the other two champions at 130 fight. So she wants to be undisputed, but there's no no guarantee in that. What you can do is vacate. And as soon as you vacate, you immediately become the number one contender at a higher division for those belts. So she has two. She becomes the automatic number one contender for the winner of Serrano versus Katie Taylor. If Katie Taylor wins, you run into the same thing, and Eddie Hearn is blocking you. Unless you play ball and figure out a deal. Not to say it's impossible, but it's harder. If Amanda Serrano wins, she's on a Jake Paul pr- promotion, whatever that is, MVP promotion. Yeah. She's a free agent. She can come to ESPN and fight an ESPN pay-per-view. And you can compete to be undisputed at 135 against Amanda Serrano. So now, Michaela Mayer, I don't, I don't know if she goes to the Garden. I know Shakur's fighting that night. Her biggest thing is to go to the Garden Park, park right there. Uh, just front row, second row, and cheer on Amanda Serrano and cut one hell of a promo after that. Because that's her her really only good path to Undisputed is that. And that's by no means saying she can beat Amanda Serrano. But that's her only shot at like fighting for it in the near future. Because Eddie Hearn holds the, the keys to too many other fighters at 130, 135. 
and there's just yeah, it's always it always comes down to the to the politics here of of, of promotions and and you know uh, and and I guess the question the question yeah the, it just because this is the prelude to the the bigger fight happening later this month and uh, I think I think that's the one you know we've that that date is circled for many reasons um, including Shakur so. Um, yeah, I mean, Michaela Mayer is uh, coming off one of the matches of the year. Um, Got to be riding high off of that and just continuing that momentum. Um, and it's, you know, with with her with her winning this and then going straight into Taylor Serrano, uh, women's boxing is having quite the month here. And all you can hope for is, oh, uh, yeah. is that the momentum conti- continues and carries forward. No, saying, I'd be remiss to not mention Savannah Marshall just taking yeah. this chick's head off last weekend. Yeah. And then now, now people are just like, you know what? I think she's going to be Clarissa Shields. I'm like, what? A two-time right. Olympian? Yeah, all this stuff. Okay. Savannah Marshall. And people people point out something really good. There's a difference between professional and amateur. Yep. And even though I think Clarissa has proved herself as a professional, Savannah Marshall has what typically the amateurs that do well in professional levels and go on and beat the people who beat them in Olympics and shit, she has what that has in which she understands how to punch at a professional level. And she understands how to get people out, she understands how to sit on her punches. With her, it's does she have a chin when, when Clarissa throws back? And does Clarissa have the chin to withstand when Savannah throws? That's going to be one of the best and most intriguing matchups in women's boxing. Yeah. So uh, that, that was one hell of a fight last weekend by Savannah, though, the fight, building anticipation, she knocked that girl's block off. Yep. One, you don't see one punch knockout to women's boxing too much. And she she dipped under like she was Tyson. Came <laughs> through, hit her with the left hook, and it was Curry. Footwork in that knockout. And Clarissa could talk all the trash she wants, and deservingly so, whatever. Savannah's footwork on that knockout was tremendous. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, cool, maybe she's not the most technically sound in terms of jabs, defense, but she might have a little triple G in her where the way she sets up her power punches and angles and offensively, yeah, she's a problem. There's something to be said for a puncher's chance, right? Like no matter what, like you could, it could, you could be out technical all day and all night, but if you've just got one punch in you and it lands clean and it lands stiff, any like anything can happen. We've seen it. Tyson Fury is the the number one proponent to this. He fought Deontay Wilder with a technical game plan, and Wilder said, "I have to be perfect for three seconds. They have to be perfect for twelve rounds." And Wilder knocked him down twice, got the draw, and Tyson Fury was like, "Damn it, I'm never going to beat this guy this way," because he can always even it up. Because even if he can't knock me out, he's going to knock me down. Yeah. For me, as technical as I want to be, I got to go out there and I got to bully the bully. I have to be the power puncher. I have to sit down my shots because I'm going to take these anyway and get dropped. But I got to put it on him. And he did. Clarissa has to do the same. I know how I usually fight. I know I'm more technical. But I got to assume Savannah's going to drop me in one round. And I'm fighting from behind. So let me go out there and make sure I drop her. I got to be offensive. I got to bully the bully. And I'm not sure Clarissa's is thinking that, but if she is, that'd be the smart way to go. It's a tricky mentality. So too. when you're at, when you're at the top, right. To switch. And you got to flip that switch into something else. That's, 
It's a lot to ask. So, you know. That's what, that's what makes Fury so great. Yeah. Because how many people can do that? Fury, Canelo, where it's just like Canelo, again, we see Canelo now boxing beautifully, letting the, you know, the knockouts come to him, body work, breaking people down. Amazing. But I guarantee you when he goes in there against Triple G, it's going to look like the first and second fight. Where he's like, no, no, to beat him, I got to slug it out. Yeah. I just got to be a man. Get on the front, so get on the front skills, foot. Yeah. That's it. These boxing skills out the window. I know how to beat him. He's a different beast. I'm not going to out technique him. So that's, that's the intriguing part of all. I can't wait to see how that women's fight plays out. Um, Producer Cole, baby, thank you for holding this down with me today. Another great show. We're on a roll. We're, we're, we're the man. Holding it down, just just keeping the seat warm till we get till we get uh, Dre back in here. Uh, but man, uh, doing more than that, I appreciate then. you, everyone listening. Appreciate you. Shout out to everyone in the booth, Antoine, the man behind the boards, Brian for the beautiful lighting and keeping me looking good as I try to miss from Puerto Rico uh, and do a good enough job. We appreciate all of you. Make sure you follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter. Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Check out our YouTube, Corner Podcast on there. You can see videos right there. Watch us. Look at Cole's amazing face. Look at the hair. Look at <laughs> the beard. Everything is amazing. How do you not like that face right there? In the meantime, all you guys stay safe. Please, we want to enjoy all these fights coming up. If you guys are fans of pro wrestling, hopefully you listened to the last wrestling episode. See you in Vegas in AEW weekend. So we, we definitely got to keep our health up, keep grinding so we can all hang out. And, and we missed the mania. Dre was on Baby Watch. I have family stuff here in Puerto Rico. That's going to be our makeup date. <laughs> we got that. Week we got, that. We got be, money in the bank coming into town, too. Oh, we're, we're, we're rolling uh, with our shows in Vegas and so much coming in town, not to mention all the boxing. Shakur Stevenson, um, Canelo Alvarez here in Vegas. So make sure you guys are there supporting us. We'll be here providing you guys all the breakdowns, all the content you want. We appreciate you all. Thank you to everyone back in Vegas, working hard, Blue Wire Studios at the Wynn Resort. And lost everyone, Blue Wire. Until next time, we're out.